0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com.
1: And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, gee whiz, it's December. <laughs> Who knew? December 1st. this wonderful year of 2021 is uh almost in the bag and then we head into the the frightening prospects of 2022 anybody looking forward to the new year oh god my lord there was a lot of news breaking yesterday um i'm i'm not even <laughs> i don't know where to begin let's begin with how to pronounce Ms. Maxwell's name. There's been a lot of pronunciation difficulties in the news this uh, week.
0: Um
1: um necron, right? Or Om necron. That's still nobody's agreeing on it. There is a British and an English uh pronunciation. Uh the proper pronunciation of Ms Maxwell's name is Giz Lane. But I don't think that's how she pronounces it and i swear i heard somebody say gieslin the other and who gives a shit actually boy what a what a nightmare i i still think jeffrey epstein was killed but uh i can understand why he'd want to commit suicide too to to, to A a void where uh, where he was heading. Um, So the pilot of his plane uh, testified uh, yesterday that he'd flown a lot of people on Epstein's plane. And and here's some of them. And if this group is not I mean, okay. so this is a. This is a guy who sexually uh, who sexually attacks uh, children underage girls uh, who traffics them. And flying on his plane were uh, Bill Clinton, a few times, Donald Trump, and uh, Prince Andrew. I mean, three guys we know who would have loved Epstein for his uh procurement abilities and here's a quote from donald trump obviously before he was uh re-arrested yeah i've known jeff for 15 years terrific guy he's a lot of fun to be with it's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as i do and many of them are on the younger side yeah, well, so Trump and Jeffrey, I think, did share that uh, interest in, in, in young women. Wow. The, what humans are are capable of is really just mind-blowing to me. Um, I, don't, I swear, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know where to start. I feel like I have a lot I want to talk about let me Let me do this damn school shooting. Uh, so there are three children dead at the hands of another, and uh, I understand at least last I saw that three others were in critical condition. Uh, nationally, in this country, this year which is now 11 months in the bag. There have been at least 138 incidents of gunfire on school grounds. 138 incidents. I doubt that you'd find another country that has that kind of statistic. There have been 28 deaths this year. 80 injuries, and of those 138 incidents this year, the fact is is that the vast majority of them, 89, occurred just in the last three months, this fall, and that alone is triple the previous high of uh, 33 incidents uh, during the same period this year, 89 eighty nine. I I just there's nothing left to say, is there? I mean what do we what do we say? And the authorities were everybody did what they were supposed to do. The kids knew what to do. The teachers knew what to do. As soon as the first shots were heard. Doors were locked, desks were put up against the doors. The children armed themselves with anything they could, that they could throw at the killer if he got through the door. And there was, there were armed uh, officers on, on hand or security, and they arrived five minutes. That's a very quick response time, five minutes from the time the shootings start, just five minutes. But with the firearms available to children in this country, you can kill, an awful lot of people in five minutes. There's this harrowing video I saw taken by one of the kids who was hunkered down in a classroom. As somebody knocks on their barricaded door and says, uh, it's all clear. Let me, you know, let us, you can open. come on out. And one of you see a girl start to get up and a boy push her back down. And another go to the door and say, we're just not sure about you. And we'll stay in here. I'm a sheriff's deputy, the guy says. We'll stay in here. And then the guy says something like, look, bro. And one of the kids in the class says, he said, bro. That's a flag. Thinking a sheriff wouldn't say, look, bro. And the kids get up and open a window and go scrambling out into the snow. Figuring it's the shooter that was talking to them. I have no idea. But this is what we subject your children to. And the ones who don't live to see ever uh, have the occasion to experience this themselves do get to experience every school year. And I don't know how many times drills of what to do if an active shooter is in there
0: and we accept this reality well this we can say there will be more there will
1: be more the the violence of the in this country that is spurred on by Republicans and their love of guns and their love of of violence and their embrace of intimidation and threats and violence even um in their own. Hardy death threats going at Republicans from other Republicans who don't hew closely enough to their frightening fascist ideology
0: or ideology. Boy, oh boy! Hmm, I don't know where
1: to go. Does that sound like I don't know what country to run to? <laughs> I mean, I don't know where to go. I've got so much sitting here in front of me. Uh, hey, I don't know if I'm right about this, but the term gaslight. <laughs> Has uh, gotten a lot of use, seems to me, in the last few years. Uh, he's gaslighting you, or they're gaslighting us, or, and I think it's one of those terms that a lot of people hear and they're quite sure what it means. And I, um, I think here's where I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that the term comes from a movie. And the reason I'm saying this is I was just looking at movie listings right before the show started, seeing if there was anything on tonight that I could escape to. And Turner Classic Movies, one of my go-to channels is showing the movie Gaslight at eight o'clock. And that's a movie I've seen many times. It's a good movie. It's a creepy movie. But that has to be where the term gaslight comes from. Because in the movie, this horrible, murderous husband, played by Charles Boyer, tries to drive his new wife mad. The wife played by the extraordinary Ingrid Bergman tries to drive her mad. The gas light, this is a period piece. The, the gas light would dim or go up. Uh, items would disappear or not. He would say, don't you recall? So he tried to drive her crazy is that my sense is is that where the term came from from that movie it then went into the vernacular to gaslight somebody i'm just asking i don't know i don't don't have an oxford english dictionary here to look up uh Where it came from, but that's my guess. And if, by the way, you've never seen that movie, wow, is a good one, I think. But then I like old movies Gaslight, Charles Boyer, Ingrid Bergman.
0: I've got no bit. Chances are you don't know the name.
1: Doyle Ham. Doyle Ham. Guy only got two syllables. Doyle Ham. 64 years old. This was not a good life. But Doyle Ham ended up with a pretty big obit in the New York Times, the paper of record, which is more than any of us are going to get. He was one of 12 children. All six of his brothers served time in jail, as did his father. In fact, one of his sisters uh, quoted her father. Uh, saying, if you don't go out and steal, then you're not a ham. So that's the kind of family values this poor soul was born into. Doyle Ham. And he, like his brothers, ended up in in jail. But he, he succeeded where his brothers hadn't. He ended up on death row.
0: For the killing
1: in 1987 of a night clerk at a motel in Alabama. He got a whole $350. Took that man's life. He later admitted it. And he was sentenced to death. just a few other little asides doyle ham had an iq of 66 and it's thought that that might have been the result of the fact that he was a baby born with fetal alcohol syndrome he flunked first grade he He dropped out altogether in the eighth grade and then went on to his his life of crime and then to his the rest of his life, which was on death row. It wasn't until 2018, as these things happened so slowly, that his date with the executioner, was finally scheduled, and that was February 22nd, 2018. And there were attempts to get the state of Alabama uh, not to kill him since he was dying of lymphoma and cranial cancer, which he had been treated for since 2014. So this was a dying man who was put on the executioner's table. And doctors had warned the executioners that this guy's veins, they were doing lethal injection, that this guy's veins were really inaccessible because of his intravenous drug use, because of the treatments for cancer, and the good people of the Alabama justice system went ahead. They strapped Doyle Ham to the table. And then for nearly three hours, They punctured him here and there. They stuck needles in his ankles, in his groin, in his legs. In doing so, they injured several organs in his battered body. And at 11.27 p.m., about three hours after they'd started, they gave up. They threw in the towel, not because they wouldn't have kept going, but because the legal death warrant expired at midnight. So three minutes before midnight, they threw up their hands and wheeled the guy out.
0: Amazingly,
1: the Alabama Corrections Commissioner, when asked what the hell happened, he told an incredulous incredulous bunch of reporters, I wouldn't necessarily characterize what we had tonight as a problem. An attorney for Doyle Ham filed a civil rights suit saying that he had been subjected to cruel and unusual punishment. And damn if even the state of Alabama thought uh, it's going to be a hard one for us to win. And so they entered into an agreement that they would not seek to try to kill this dying man again. And amazingly, Doyle Ham hung on for another three years.
0: But he's dead now.
1: And he died in prison. And he is one of, I believe, three, I think I've read, three people who have survived an attempt to kill them through lethal injection.
0: What a life.
1: You know, some people, from the minute they come into this world, They're doomed.
0: They're doomed.
1: Barbara says regarding gaslighting, yeah, gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse where a person or group makes someone question their sanity or their perception of reality or their memories. People experiencing gaslighting often feel confused, anxious, and unable to trust themselves. I think we. I think the reason gaslighting has become such a great term is I think we all feel gaslit these days. <laughs> because I think we're all in a state of anxiety and confusion, and unable to trust our own uh, judgments, and and don't have a clue what the hell's going on in our in our quietly uh, and persistently being driven mad by forces uh, you know beyond us. And uh, Barbara says uh, she also found that the term gaslighting derives from a, well, it was first a play, 1938, the play Gaslight, which was then made into the 1944 film Gaslight, in which a husband manipulates his wife into thinking she's going nuts by dimming their gas-fueled lights and telling her, she, you know, she doesn't see what she's seeing. Um yeah, so that's interesting. So that that movie that I like so much that's where the term came from. Uh yeah, Milton sent me the same information. Thank you guys. Someone put me on a Filipino dating uh service uh, and and I am I'm being matched with all kinds of people. It's amazing. Man, I mean, they're coming in in droves. So, I guess, directing our attention now uh, to outer space, uh, you know, there is so much. We have befouled humanity. This is why I, I guess we will never, ever, ever, ever learn. We have fouled this earth, and then we... We, in part, I think, looking for other places to escape the befouled Earth, we go into space, and the minute we get into space, we begin befouling it, which shows we is one dumb species. We are seemingly incapable of learning. It turns out there's so much space junk up there that it it, it creates uh, real hazards for anything else that's up there because this space junk is, you know, it's, it's flying at like, uh, where did I see the, the speed at which this stuff is going? It's, it's really fast. And as such, it is really lethal. So that even a little piece of space debris poses a grave danger to, let's say, our space station or to some poor uh, uh, astronaut who's taken a walk, maybe to repair something on the space station, which is what was supposed to happen today, and was called off. Because there's so much damn debris out there, they won't risk anybody being out there. And the debris that they're most worried about is new debris because we try, apparently, to keep track, NASA does, of every space of piece of garbage that we've created. A lot of the garbage, of course, is old satellites that are no longer – I mean, things that have lost their efficacy – but are still up there. They might be erratic, falling out of their orbit. Who the hell knows? And then there's also what happened very recently when the Russians wanted to show that they could fire a missile from the befouled Earth and hit a satellite in the befouled space over Earth shattering that satellite into a gazillion pieces of new space debris. It is that latest hunk of debris that was of concern in canceling the spacewalk that apparently was supposed to have happened, uh today. And when Russia knocked that, uh, satellite out of the sky. It was one of their older satellites. They did it. They targeted their own because they wanted to get rid of it, but mostly they clearly wanted to show everybody, hey, guys, look what we can do. So one well-placed missile attack on certain communication satellites, surveillance satellites, can, you know, you're looking at the way uh, a shooting war Uh, will take place in the not-too-distant future. Not, no, in the, yeah, in the very near future, I would think. So um, this was considered outrageously irresponsible behavior by the international community, which, of course, made uh, Vladimir Putin laugh and shrug. Yeah, so what? But when they did that, do you know that the, the amount of debris that was created immediately was so alarming that the crew that was on the International Space Station was thought to be in potential danger and were told to immediately go into uh their their spaceships. There's leave the station and get into your spacecraft that you came in and get ready to detach yourself and make an unexpected uh return trip. They were that afraid that the debris that had been created by the Russians would hit the space station which by the way the crew of which included two russians so the russians by doing this put their own cosmonauts at risk and 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 they did the russians got into their spacecraft the americans got into theirs and there they sat there they stayed And they kept certain hatches on the International Space Station closed for days following the incident and opened them only when they were told that they believed from on the ground, that there was no immediate danger. There are thousands of these potentially lethal objects. Garbage. Garbage. Oh, man, I got to tell you. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry.
1: But You know, Zach, I don't even know what you're answering. Uh, Zach has texted me, Google says it is. I don't even know what you're, this, this is, you're dealing with somebody who has a short-term memory of about a nanosecond. Google says, what is, is, is. Oh, I bet you're talking about gaslighting. Okay. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. If I, okay. Oh, Stephen has sent me a message via the Asian dating. It just keeps coming, guys. I. Hey, if I'm not here tomorrow, it's because uh, I'm on my way to Manila. I mean, I got, I don't know how a guy in Manila is named Steve, but he sent me a message. I'll look at it later. Uh, Jonathan writes, speaking of uh, uh, TCM, Turner Classic Movies, uh, this Sunday, the last night of Monica, TCM is showing three movies from Yiddish cinema, good there's Yiddish cinema, all with English subtitles one from 1937 oh my god called the Dibuk, which is uh, which is in Jewish mythology uh, an evil spirit that can uh, be like the soul of a dead person and then enter, I don't know Okay, so that was not made. That was made in uh, in Germany or someplace. The Dibuk, 1937, and uh, Jonathan says that several of the actors in that movie were dead not long after the movie was shot because they died at the hands of the Nazis in the Holocaust. Okay, so they're also showing Tevya from 1939. Now, see that's because the Fiddler on the Roof is based on a story by the wonderful Yiddish writer Shalom Aleichem, and so Tevya uh, it would be the same story. That's 1939, and then. Um, There's one from 1938. So all of these, wow. If you want to see ghosts, all of these were made as the Holocaust was gearing up. So the lives, the people in them, I bet, are almost all gone. They'd be dead. They were all about to die. And the last one is called uh, Children Must Laugh. And it says it's one of the few surviving documentaries. It's a documentary about Jewish life in Poland, which was wiped out in the next few years. Wiped out. The final solution was more successful in Poland than in any other country. There were a handful of Jews that survived. Wow. I was reading um, uh, a book review of a book, a biography of Angela Merkel. And it talked about how she learned of, she grew up in East Germany. And the East Germans, under the heavy hand of Soviet Union, refused to acknowledge that they had anything to do with the murders of millions of innocent men, women, and children. They portrayed uh, the victims of the Nazis as only communists. And that is what she grew up learning. It was later that she read the story. And she was totally affected by it, which explains her incredibly tough stance as chancellor uh, about Germany always, always acknowledging. What they had done. Never forgetting. And she apparently has said more than once. There is no way. To ever. Not stop. Owing. Owing. The Jews. For what we've done. To them. She said it was a crime that could not be compensated. She was some. I mean, not that she's gone, but she's not in power anymore. Uh, we've got a caller.
2: Well, let's do it. Hello? I only call you a couple times a year, Lynn, and there's so much over the last... 24 hours to that could possibly be uh, spoken of, but most importantly, from a Christian to a Jew, I just wanted to wish you blessed holidays for you and your family. Um, and uh, the, the other thing is, and I, I won't take up much time, the story that you told yesterday um, about the. Oh God, I can't even. What was his name? Now the guy that you, oh man, the acting, oh man, yes, right, oh man, um, yeah. and as you were as you were describing all of that history, it, the the word ripple just kept coming into my head. You know, ripples. Mm-hmm ripples how one thing happens and then it ripples Mm -hmm. out to somebody else and Mm -hmm. someone else's life and across time. And it just, uh, Mm -hmm. it was, it was very touching. Um, Sorry for the dog, by the way, in the back.
1: Oh, Um, never say sorry for the dog. I love them. I I
2: know. I know. (laughs) it, It was, it was very touching. And um, very important. And that is one of the things about you that is so uh, meaningful and is such a blessing to this entire community. And I know the last couple of years have been so disheartening in so many ways, but I just want you to know that how appreciated you are and how um, and how loved you are. For, for,
1: for oh god you bless you you know you've got me crying on this end <laughs> well,
2: just don't don't I'm don't go you. away please please keep i'm gonna try back. not
1: to okay god bless you thank you all right thank
2: you bye-bye
1: okay hugs bye-bye oh my god yeah yeah ripples ripples You know, I, yeah, I did something I'd never done before after that show when I told that story, even though I hadn't intended to. And I, I Googled Paul, man, I hadn't, I can't believe I'd never done it. And uh it's interesting that um Cicely Tyson <laughs> having called him out in her book seems to be the thing that is drawing people to Google him. Because the book and her story of what he did in her life and to her um, was pretty much front and center when I Googled him. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So yeah, our lives, our lives are, are something, huh? I remember my dad in his last years was forever lost in thought about his life because it too had been an, it had been an astonishing life in many ways wow. uh, and a successful life, but starting with such sorrow in his adulthood orphaned at 18 and and just sort of out in the world on his own and he would say to me it's like a dream as he looked at his back at his life and he was looking back at the time at you know 80 plus years it's like a, a dream and now as i look back 70-plus years. It does begin to take on a, a dream-like quality because I think what he must have meant is it doesn't even seem real. Some of it. And maybe some of it seems all too real. But all of these things that shape us and... And some of them, I think, unknown, Uh, where memory has been lost often because of trauma. I think sometimes the things that shape us, some of the more powerful ones, we're not even aware of. And those are things that might have happened in very early childhood, I would think. But uh, yeah, we all, in our own individual ways, are formed and bruised and educated. So many other people sometimes just passing through sometimes with no understanding of the impact they're having, that man, Paul man, had such an adverse impact on so many women. I I can't even begin to imagine. Can't begin to imagine. And yet, (laughs) I have always maintained that my intersection with him ended up sending me on a path that brought me to where I am now and I am quite happy to be where I am now. So That's why I often say I have no regrets, because your life happens. And I guess it's for us to just extract the positives and not dwell too much on the negative, because the negative will just eat you alive. There's no no way it's helpful to ruminate on what could have been, what should have been. It's like, you know, the time travel stuff, where if you go back in time and you change one little thing, and it would be you could just get rid of one little person right over there that has nothing to do with you or yours, just take that one person, and it will change the entire world to meddle with one little event is to change everything. Yeah. Whoa. I've been worrying that I'm thinking too much about my life. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, well, this must be sort of what happens as you grow old it just must be I, I i don't know and given the times we're living in and given that i live a very quiet life which is funny in its own right <laughs> that i have a lot of time to sit with my thoughts and in fact one of my greatest difficulties in life has always been quieting my thoughts which just are going gangbusters would be going gangbusters 24/7 I'm always amazed by people and I know a whole bunch of you people who can get in bed lie down get themselves all comfortable their pillow just like they wanted get the exact just just get into that just perfect little place close their eyes and they're out cold in like 30 seconds. I don't, I mean, I can't even, do you know, if you're one of those people, what a gift you've been given? What a gift. Oh, can't imagine. Always amazed if you're on an airplane or on a bus and you see people and they're just falling asleep. I can't even imagine. It's a gift if you can sleep like that. And it might be a gift that you take for granted. I'm telling you right now don't. <laughs> don't. Oh Barbara don't tell me stuff like this I saw it too and I don't even want to know anymore Here it is though I'll let you know when I'm babbling about uh people who listen to birds and their wondrous songs have been you know recording them listening to them learning from them uh all over the place and I did see a little piece on this the other day I didn't read it because it would Depress the hell out of me and I already depressed so uh, these songs are the bird song is getting quieter and if you think about it bird song is one of the one of the ways that humans most readily still interact with nature part of our soundscape and it says right here and what Barbara has sent me that nature's orchestra is fast losing both players and instruments and you guys who are the optimists Where do you get? Where do you? That's another gift, I guess. To uh, yeah, where do you get it? What is the foundation you're standing on? Oh, oh, thank you, Tony. I think good thoughts for Tony. He's been having medical issues, which is why we haven't heard a lot from him. And uh, we're sending all our positive vibes your way. I'm going to be an optimist about that. I also got a letter yesterday. Actually, it was a happy Hanukkah card. And inside was a letter. And I'm going to call this guy because he gave me his phone number. Um, You'll remember him, too. It says here, dear Lynn, I don't know if you remember me, but at one time, I was the greatest and most beloved caller (laughs) in the history of your show. (laughs) I also won a Nobel Prize for humility. Yep, is I rich from the North Hills? Now, for old timers, rich from the North Hills will ring a bell. He, he didn't. He had lists. He was acerbic, irascible, funny. Uh, and I know from our last communications that I, at least, I mean, this is years and years and years and years ago that he can't listen to this current iteration of the show because he refused to get a computer. He refused to get into (laughs) where technology was leading him. I, I can't, I can't believe that's still the case. But the very fact that he sent me a snail mail shows me that he's sticking to his uh, guns. Wow. Well, I'm going to give him a a, a call because that's just too funny. And uh, he says, "I, I confess I've lost touch of what you have been up to. I never see your name in the police blotter. So I take that as a good sign. Aw, you know, I wish he wasn't so damn stubborn and we could get him a a connection because he'd be a he was he was one of those callers who like really added something to the to the show. And uh, what a pleasure. What a pleasure. Daryl writes, I'm always so disappointed when the download link for your show doesn't work, and it happened yesterday. It links to an HTML document, not an audio download. Is there some way these can be fixed? Daryl, I know nothing about how any of you access this program, and I don't know. So you mean you're going to the Pittsburgh paper website? Or you're going to, it's YouTuber, Pittsburgh Paper, right? City Paper. I don't know. But um, I'll ask the folks back at City Paper what that might be. I've always loved your show. So glad to hear the doggy was home and safe. Yeah, my brother's dog, Daddy, had an adventure. Oh, my God. Oh no, now I've got international Cupid sending me stuff. All right, whoever's doing this to me. See, this is why this is why Rich from the North Hills said I'll take a pass. If the rest of you want to go off into this technological uh nightmare, go for it. But I'm taking a pass. I'm sticking with a pencil and paper and a telephone. A landline. <laughs> Oh, God. So uh, Susan mentioned yesterday, I still haven't gotten all this stuff I said I had to talk about. I cannot believe this. Um, Susan mentioned that Josephine Baker uh, was being uh, planted in the uh, pantheon which is an actual yes it's a building in paris and and it's where they bury all of the most notable french folk as a matter of fact on the on the uh facade of the panthéon it it actually says it has an engraved dedication to the great men of france <laughs> I wonder if they could possibly like uh you know correct that since Josephine Baker became becomes the sixth woman to be honored there. Uh however, what I wanted to say is they a casket was marched up the steps um and put into whatever it is they put these and she's now lying there well she's not that's what i wanted to tell you she's not in the casket her body is not there her family said well that's just wonderful thank you very much but you know what we buried her in morocco where she wanted to be buried and we're gonna keep her there so the the i didn't i didn't mean morocco monaco Excuse me, it's different. She's buried in Monaco. And so the coffin that was carried in by members of the French uh, military, draped in the French flag, did not contain Josephine Baker's remains, but it did contain soil from the United States, the land of her birth from France, the land she adopted, and from Monaco, another place that she adopted. Um, So there she won't be, but she'll sort of be. She becomes the first American-born person to be given this high French honor. She'll be uh, lying there with Marie Curie. Well, she won't be. I'm just telling you, she ain't there. Emile Zola, Victor Hugo. She became a French citizen 12 years after she got to Paris. But in the civil rights era, actually before the civil rights era, when the Nazis came into Paris, she joined the resistance. Immediately. And when Dr. King stood on the. Steps of the Lincoln Memorial. On that day in 1963. Right. That hot August day in 1963. Josephine Baker was there. With him. And she wore. Her uniform from World War II, her free French uniform hung with all kinds of military honors and civilian honors, and she spoke that day. And in part, this is what she said, I have walked into the palaces of kings and queens And into the houses of presidents. But I could not walk into a hotel in America and get a cup of coffee. That sort of explains why she became French. But let's not be so crazy here. France. I do not think of France as a... uh, uh, a country that is kind to uh, immigrants. They seem to be willing to do so for black American intellectuals. James Baldwin, Josephine Baker, but to all the black folks coming from Africa to France, I think they would argue (laughs) that their odds of getting into the pantheon are not great. France is a, has never protected its minorities. Ask a Jew. And right now the Jews in France are running out of there. They're getting out because they feel unsafe. And they have reason to feel unsafe. And perhaps you know that the, they're voting for president in about three, four months. And Macron is in a tight race. And you know what his biggest challenge is? A Donald Trump-like figure. You'll hear more and more about him, Eric Zemmour. And he is a fascistic, anti-Semitic, xenophobic nationalist. He's doing exactly playing by the Trump book. And he is showing already frightening support in France. So I just wanted to add that Josephine Baker, by the way, has been dead for 46 years. Roger says, didn't Rich used to do top 10 lists? Yes, he did those lists. I miss those. Give him the show call-in number so he can at least listen in on his landline phone. What do you mean? You mean if he calls the show, he can hear the show then just listening? I'll ask my producer if that's possible. You know, he might be. He's a very sort of uh, straight arrow kind of a guy. And so he's never heard me unfettered from uh, FCC regulations. He's never heard me say <clears throat> the F word or all the stuff I've been free to say since I've gotten on the that thing he refuses to join, the Internet. Because um, it's only the FCC. If the Internet, the FCC does not control shows on the Internet, only broadcast shows. So uh, I think he might be put off. I don't know. I'll call him. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, he was a great, great, great caller. Also want to point out that Chris Cuomo, it's been nice knowing you. I don't think we'll be seeing him on CNN anymore. I don't even see how CNN can uh, can turn this one around. So, uh, I, you know, fine with me. Couldn't stand him. Um, that's another thing that happened. And by the way, when you see this stuff that uh, Mark Meadows has agreed to cooperate with the December, don't believe it. He's just going to string him along. That's my guess all these horrible humans are playing this game in their own way and they all will try to gaslight, and detract and obstruct no matter what they say or the stance they take, whether it be, you know, the obdurate, uh, uh, middle finger of Steve Bannon, or Mark Meadows, you know, supposedly saying I'll cooperate. Yeah, I'll believe that when I hear it. Okay, that's all I have. It's just a little bit of what I had. But then what the hell? This stuff happens. Thank you all so much, and I'll uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Bye bye. Lynn come
0: live.